Roll initiative. Nat 20. And how do you want to do this? May seem like strange phrases, but this is the shit that we live for. Hi, I'm Lady Katie. And I'm Lady Beans. And welcome to Maidens of the Flames. Today, we are going to discuss the fictional ladies that we have living inside our heads. We're okay, I promise. Maybe. No. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Hello, all, and welcome. We have a special guest in the studio today with us. Hi, everyone. Hi, Beans. This is my very bestest friend, Beans, and she is amazing and super awesome sauce. And so I was like... Wanted to do a episode about our Dungeons and Dragons characters because, you know, it falls in line with the purpose and, you know, goal of this podcast to talk about badasses and ball gowns, badass women. And uh, our characters are definitely are definitely badass. Yours mostly in the ball gown, mine usually not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this this is true. So yeah, so we're just um Well this is your this was your thesis topic, Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. You, so you wrote a, a whole ass thesis on it. I very much did. Uh Dungeons and Device Theater. It is, you know, using theater as a way or using Dungeons and Dragons as a way to write more organic theater. Um and exploring that. I'll be teaching a class on that next year at the university that I teach at. Woo, plug. We love, so, you know, we'll keep an eye out on the theater world. There's a beans a-coming. So, <laughs> kick things off. Um, hmm, trying to figure, I've never done a pod, the past few episodes I've done it alone in my bedroom, so I'm like, another person? This is new, because whenever I listen to podcasts, I'm like, Oh, look at the banter. This looks like fun. So I was like, I now need... you're in my living room with yeah, tea. With it's tea. Because we're fancy ladies. My uh, my mug, for visual reference, uh, says Dungeon Meowster with like a little white kitty on it sitting on a D20. That is like, you know, faced up to a nat 20. Just so like for visual reference, that is like the aesthetic that I'm giving right now. Yes. And I have a very aesthetically pleasing fancy mug that is a very, very pretty pottery and it has its own little separate like dish to hold the tea bag, which is very fancy. So <clears throat> I don't know how how we're, we're we're flying by the seat of our pants like most. This is this is gonna be like we were saying before we started recording. This is go- gonna be very much like a session of Dungeons and Dragons where we, we have a plan, but the plan goes to fucking shit. Yep. So we're just we're just gonna roll and with the punches and have fun discussing exactly. our <laughs> favorite hobby. Uh, my personality. I feel like Dungeons and Dragons has become my personality now. Yeah, it. Doesn't you self-insert your own like personality into your characters and explore quite a bit of yourself emotionally through through your characters. Hi, I'm also Katie's DM for one of the games that she plays in. So. The one that you wrote your your thesis on. Yes, the one I wrote my thesis on. So I have a very interesting perspective on Katie and her characters. And you can read me like a fucking book. <laughs> yeah. It's great. So that's a great jumping off point for our first question that we're going to discuss today is what was the inspiration behind our characters? So I guess I'll start off because I I don't have as many characters as Beans that I I only have like the two. I have three, but two of them I've played the most and Mm -hmm. I've lived in those skins the most. So Mm -hmm. 
we'll start at the very beginning with uh, my sweet baby girl, my baby, my sweet baby, Princess Aduna Bernadotte, prin- now queen, as of the ep- as of the finale and epilogue. Yeah, queen of Cressida. Woohoo! That's what happens when you, your parents get murdered. It's all fun and games until Vecna kills your entire family. <laughs> you know. I did not DM that campaign. Hi, Bailey. Shout out to Bailey, our amazing DM for that Stone of Fearbioid campaign that we keep convincing her she should publish as a campaign guide, but she won't ever because she's too humble. It was really good. Bailey, we love you. Love you. Um, So, Aduna. So, this was my first ever D&D character. So, I was like, you know what? If we're living in the fantasy world, I'm going to be a fucking princess because I fucking can. I'm like, if this is my fantasy life, I'm going to, like, live it up at the moment. So that was, like, my main inspiration. And I didn't really, um, I did, I put two, I put thought into it, but I didn't, you know, I was just like, I'm playing a princess. And, yep, I was actually, I was, you know, because the campaign had that, like, not Norwegian, like the, um, like Norwegian, Swedish, you know, that kind of. Norse. Norse, yes. That was the word I was looking for. And so I was like, okay, let me look at, like, name, Norse names, like Aduna. And I was like, oh, and then, like, her last name, Bernadotte, is actually the surname of the royal family of Sweden, as I, Bernadotte. I cannot help you with that one. (laughs) I'm looking it up. Of Sweden, yes. Is this, Bernadotte is, like, the royal family of Sweden. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I, I do my research. Um, so, yeah, and then that was the the inspiration behind her is, like, I just, I was like, I want to play a princess and wear pretty, pretty princess dresses, and it worked out. I got to do that. And um, then Arabella, my current character in the campaign that you were DMing, mm-hmm. went, so f- the, the background of the campaign is, like, we're going to these different, everyone can be, you sent us a list of all the different realms we could go, be, we could um, yeah. live in. So, they are, the premise of this campaign is they are currently, like, multiverse travelers going to different realms and correcting things as there is a entity that is going through and throwing things out of balance and causing, like, a, almost like a plague kind of in each realm, and mm-hmm. they're going through uh, correcting each situation. And I gave them a list of, like, the main ones we'd be going to if they wanted to be from there. They could have invented them if they want, invented another realm if they wanted to. I wasn't going to stop them from doing that. After all, this is the multiverse. But uh, Katie chose the fairy tale forest. And it's interesting. Like, I had already been toying with Arabella, Lady, late for those of you, Lady Arabella of Loxley. And I'd already been, like, designing her, like, thinking about, like, oh, that'd be cool to play, like, Robin Hood's daughter. Plot, you know, spoiler alert. Lady Arabella of Loxley is the daughter of the famed Robin Hood. He is now Lord Robin Hood of Loxley. And so when we got that list of all the realms, I was like, oh, perfect. Fairy tale forest. I already have a character that's from a fairy tale minded world. And I was like, okay, I, I still wanted her to be, I want, I always want my characters to be noble. <laughs> LOL. Because I'm like, if I'm living a fantasy world, I'm going to be like pretty princess and ladies and be all nobility because, you know, that's fun. And so, but I wanted Arabella 
to be different from Aduna. Mm-hmm. I was trying to... Arabella is, while she is, you know, she, you know, she's a, I wanted her to be a badass in a ball gown. I wanted her to have the best of both worlds. I want to be kick-ass and, but I wanted her to be, you know, also she embraces her softer feminine side. And so I was trying to, you know. Find that balance. Yeah, find the balance. Mm -hmm. And. I think you've done it really well with her. Oh, thanks. I, I, it's de- it's definitely strange because it's one of those instances of where she's not like I'm so hard. It's so hard for me to make character choices for her. I don't know. Last session, you so last Ooh, session we boy. <laughs> it was one of the first first times we ever truly saw the fire that Arabella had because some secrets about uh, their party members had been revealed and they involved Arabella and her family's life. To a point that was detrimental to her. And, well, she about let loose and let the other player character have it. We love you, Logan. (laughs) Sorry. So, like, after the session, I was, like, really in, like, I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, that was awesome. I was like, the adrenaline was pumping. But then the next night, like, Later, like, the next night, I was like, ooh. Like, me as Katie felt bad for tearing it. I, it, uh, but I was actually. Don't feel bad. I know. That was incredible roleplay. I'm proud of you. I, I was, you know, it's a good day when your character, and I quote, threatens to smite the other character if he withheld, withholds any other information from her. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it more, and I was like, oh, I was like, okay, so I guess Arabella is one of those people that doesn't appreciate, doesn't like it when she thinks someone's trying to pull the wool over her eyes. Yeah. That's, because that's, I think that's what happened, because I rolled that insight check. Yeah. And so, and it was like, oh, by the way, I was like, what? <laughs> I was, I was, I was living, I was, that was, like, as an actor, being able to just like have that much power and just i i felt so strong in that moment i was like i felt the flame of arabella there i felt the panic of my uh game crumbling around me (laughs) (laughs) all the secrets were spilled but i think that's well it's because up until that point you had really never like gotten into an argument with yeah. another player character. Even even in even in Fearbioid. I don't know you. Well, I mean, a couple times, <laughs> but I mean, it's like what up until that session, I was I was like as like a actor and performer, I was like very I'm really, soft-spoken. Yeah, trying, I was trying. Yeah, yeah. You were well. I feel like like a lot of it was you were still trying to get your bearings. Yeah, who she was because mm-hmm. again, this we have not played that many sessions of this campaign, regardless of the fact that it was my thesis or not, <laughs> but. Um, there's, it takes a long time to really settle into mm-hmm. a D&D character. And I think, like, last session was you finally settling. It was, yeah. Because it was, like, up until then, I was, like, I'm really trying not to make Aduna choices. Yeah. I'm not trying... I was trying not to be Aduna. Mm-hmm. I was trying... I was trying to find that balance of sweet and salty that is Arabella. Yeah. And I think you really found it. Yeah, which I'm really happy with. We love a good breakthrough. Your cousin, I think honestly your cousin brought it out and you quite Oh, bit. 100%. The 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 condescending like cheek smack 
Yep. Like, I would, oh, yeah. Malice yeah. definitely brought, like, you saw, they saw, the, like, a lot, like, more of Arabella. Yeah, they're the NPC. One of the NPCs that I dragged into this My is cousin. Uh, Arabella's cousin, Malice. Uh, shout out to our friend Jacob for being the original creative Malice, Woo-hoo. but was a little, a little busy to you know play Malice full time. So I took over. You're doing a great job. Oh, I know. <laughs> you either want to fuck me or you want to hate me and kill me. That that was the goal with Malice. I think you've accomplished it. I very much have. And because it was hard because. Aduna is the bright, bubbly Disney princess, but through that campaign, she found her grit a little bit. But for this campaign, for Arabella, already has she grit. has grit. And that is something that Katie does, does not have. have. No. Katie does not have grit. And We're so working on it. It's, it's a work in progress. You know, it, it, life's a journey. And I'm going, you know, I'm going through a lot of character development as a human. So this is just, you know, part of that character development. And so, we do not recommend using D and D as therapy, even though we do. Even though we it's use it, it's not healthy. It's not get professional help if you need it. <laughs> we are not ther- licensed therapists. We cannot afford professional help, so we nope. play D and D. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's what I love about Arabella is getting to really hone in on that because the inspiration behind Arabella, going back to the original question, is. Part of it was, you know, what would the daughter of Robin Hood look like? She'd be a badass, obviously. But I also was um, inspired by Lady Vexalia de Rolo. Oh, of course. Of Critical Role, of Vox Machina, Grand Mistress of the Grey Hunt, Queen Mistress of the Council of Tal'Dorei, and First Baroness of the... uh, Baroness of the First House of Whitestone. Hold off on too much information. I believe that's our next topic, isn't it? It is. But I was just mentioning, like... This is just me, like, mentioning that, like, she's, like... The oh, yeah. uh, part of the inspiration because Arabella, Aduna's a bard, and then Arabella is a ranger, and Vexalia is also a beastmaster ranger, and Arabella has 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 Juniper, her wolf companion, which is awesome. Every I think pets in D anD D is the best thing ever. Zoom in to me on the first session when I forgot that I told Katie she could have a wolf. Yep, you let me be a beastmaster ranger. Totally forgot about that, and when she's like, "Yeah," so I called Juniper. I'm like. Yep, I let you have a pet. <laughs> I mean, I'm Robin Hood's fucking daughter. Of I'm course gonna you have, have a, pet. a. I'm gonna. Of course, I'm gonna have a pet. It makes sense that you have a pet. It does. I just I forgot, and I had to like. <laughs> I was like, okay, how are we gonna navigate a dog in this world? Oh, especially when <laughs> when remember on like one of the first sessions when I went to go get the journals for all when Arabella went to go get the journals yeah, for and- everyone, and you were like, "There's a ladder," and we we're like, "How's?" Juniper getting up this ladder. Yeah, and I think on the spot, I I was like, okay, There's, this is, like, the island that you are on, like, Korath, is also a multidimensional, like, cesspool. Mm-hmm. Not cesspool, like, hot pocket? No. Hot pocket. <laughs> um, mixing, mixing, melting pot, whatever, yeah. of, like, a bunch of different, like, cultures and people. It's like, yeah, essentially, it's that. And I was like, okay, well. It's an episode of Once Upon would, a Time. Like, there would be, like, extreme accessibility like availability in this area because there is so many people from so many different places so Mm -hmm. i'm like all right if there's a ladder there definitely would be in this area some kind of like elevator type system so the entire island of korath became very accessibility friendly very quickly (laughs) for for my wolf because of a dog 
Well, because although I have been thinking, I really do want to try and find like a ra- like Raven Slumber, which is what Vexalia had for Trinket to bamf mm-hmm. Trinket into a necklace to keep, you know, to make travel <laughs> and or, you know, we can just good luck with that. Yeah, I know. That's it. I think that's a bit it gets to a point where it's like, OK, Katie, don't don't just reconfigure yeah. Vex. Yeah. Vexalia, because that's why I really tried it. I think it's just only like bits and pieces, and you know her badassness. But you know, mm-hmm. Arabella has her own special brand of badassness. I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, she does. So, those are my two like main characters that I like. I really spent a lot of time in. So, would you like to discuss? Who would you like? We have a. You gave me a list of your your ladies that live inside your head. Yeah, I, I've played a lot. Um, we can start probably with the lighter ones and then move into the dark. The that. Oh, we can go down. Do you want to go um down, down the, the the chaos order? Uh, we can start from the chaos order, like the list of like men- most mentally yeah. stable. Yeah. All right. That's my meant. Yeah, that's how I have to organize my characters. Is most mentally stable. D and D. Um. Yeah. So starting at the bottom. We have we have at a clock. Um, she is a high elf um, artificer monk. Um, I don't really remember too much of what the. Oh no, I do remember. Um, you remember the Tinkerbell movies? Um, yes. And like, I don't remember if it, it was Bobble, the oh redheaded fairy with like the goggles. Yes. Bobble with the bug my, eyes. Yep, Bobble was my inspiration for Etta. In the beginning. That's what she was supposed to be. Oh my god. But when I wrote her backstory, and as my DM, Logan, and my DM, Bailey, will tell you, I tend to write extremely long backstories. Yes. Yes, you do. And I also have zero chill on how much I traumatize my characters. Um, (laughs) I may have or may have not accidentally gotten her semi-possessed by the god of murder. So she is extremely messed up in the head and unstable. Like, she'll be, like, sweet and, like, herself one second. And then another second, she will be a homicidal maniac. It, she is freakishly insane. And we have not played that campaign in well over a year uh, for a good reason. Um, and yeah, she, she, she is my least mentally stable character in that regard. Um, moving up on the list, we probably have Dottie, but for a completely different reason. Oh, rest Dottie, in peace. Rest re- in peace, Dottie. Uh, rest in peace is. is. Oof. If I ever Digestive her, fluid. <laughs> if I can ever bring her back, I will. So Dottie was this gnome fairy hybrid, hybrid creature that I created. Um, her inspiration was Steve Irwin crossed with Miss Frizzle. <laughs> I think you achieved that. I very much did. Hang on, hang on. Let me pull that voice. Ooh. Hi, I'm Dottie. How are you? <gasps> I love your hair. Oh my gosh, it's so curly. <gasps> I'm pretty sure that was one of the first interactions with Aduna and Dottie. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she commented on Aduna's hair at one point. Oh yeah, 100% she did. But anyway, so yeah, that's Dottie. Um, she carried around with her like a bag that was legitimately a pocket dimension. She had um, a lot of different like creatures in it. I had a pet Tarask named Clark. He wore a little hand-knitted sweater. Oh, he was the size of a cat. Um, I had a pet dragon turtle who was studying to be a lawyer. Um, she had an entire mimic colony. She was actually quite obsessed with mimics. Um, her... Her main, like, creature that she, like, actually had on her and her companion was a mimic that was a cloak that she wore. Um, his name was Mortimer. Oh, Mortimer. Yeah, so Dottie was this cute little fairy gnome hybrid creature. Um, 
but she had like her biggest flaw is that she really did not know when to chill out when it came to interactions with animals because she <laughs> she is so curious it got her killed she fucked around and found out i fucked around and found out um because she really really wanted to like there was this creature moving through the walls it was very very creepy i didn't know what it was i personally as sabrina thought it was a kraken it was not it was which not. honestly would have been worse than what it actually was <laughs> that got me killed oh, um it was a bahir um i went into trying to figure out what this bahir was in a prison it was locked in a prison cell yeah um i had like 16 hit points left and i was trapped in a cell it was not a fun time, and I still tried to boop the snoot. You I did. I booped the snoot on the way into the mouth. Let's put it like that. You got booped. Um, so that's Dottie. If I ever get a chance to bring her back, I definitely will. Yay. Um, she was fun. She was someone fun needs to help that poor DM that has to manage that. He. Um, moving up on the mo on next most mentally stable character, <laughs> probably Rosella. Really. She's there are things you I don't know. mean, I mean, yeah, no, yeah. fair, fair. Plus, I know, I mean, I feel like at this point, it's just like, you know, it's like three top ones, you know, <laughs> at yeah. this point. Yeah, Rosella is the next one on the, on, from the bottom up. Um, she is kind of my DM NPC, but she's really more of an NPC. Um, because in the game that I DM, no one made a healer, so I just nope. made a level 10 healer to follow them around, which was the original intent of her, but it kind of went further than that. I can't really say too much because there's a lot that my players don't know. We know nothing. Nope. Um, she she's not okay. She she's not okay. She doesn't know she's not okay. Yeah, no, there's been some moments where she's been like, like, you good, girl? <laughs> like, you okay? Do Depends. you need a hug? It, it, yeah, she she's not having a great time, but she's here. She's doing her job. Next up on most mentally stable. Um, probably Ember? Hmm. She's a cannibal. Mm -hmm. She also is one that I got killed. Um, yeah. That, this is the night I learned to not drunk drive your characters. Um, she was a blue dragonborn. Um, her inspiration was, um, uh, Rayla. When Rayla from, Ember was the very first character I ever made. Rayla. From Dragon Prince. Oh, had, yeah, 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 Dragon yeah, Prince yeah. had just come out when I made her. Gotcha. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And I really wanted to play a character with a Scottish accent. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, a blue dragonborn. And then I'm me, and I actually really like the big archery. So I'm like, okay, I'm obviously going to be a fighter that, like, you know, an mm -hmm. archer. Mm -hmm. So that's what she was. Um, and I didn't, this the first game of DMD I had, like, truly ever fully played. I didn't know that, like, you can't eat what you kill. Otherwise, that's considered cannibalism, especially if you're a dragonborn. <laughs> so and then me... This is the best moment of yes and, I think, in D&D. Uh, so, I was like, okay. And then, like, I like we had killed, like, this, like, Duregard or, like, some kind of, like, dwarvish, like, small, like, gnomish oh, thing. Um, and, like, a horde of them. And I was like, can I rip off the foot and eat it? Mm. And Sarge was like, what? Sarge was the DM for this. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, sure. <laughs> And that's how she became a cannibal. It was 100% by accident, but I kept, <laughs> but I stuck with it. The amount of um, things that happen as, like, that become a part, like, become part of the character and become part of canon is, in the moment is crazy. Yeah. Um, also, so that, that campaign in itself ended after that session because we started having rehearsals. 
So um, in the middle of the pandemic, my friend Logan messaged me and was like, hey, we're going to do a D&D campaign. Do you want to play? And I said, sure. And I had two characters on the docket. One was this, like, tiefling hippie. Oh, yeah, that one. Uh, that, like, just flew around and, like, just played, like, the ukulele everywhere they went. They were, like, high as a kite, like, 24-7. That was, that was my one idea. And uh-huh. the other idea was I bring, got to bring back Ember. And I ultimately end up choosing to bring back Ember because I don't know if I'd ever been able to do that again with a DM that would have been okay with cannibalism. Yeah. Because I was yeah. not getting rid of that factor. Um, but, this is yeah, her. But I brought back her. Ember. And, this, and how she died was I was drunk driving her and may have or may have not caused an uprising in the village <sighs> and a whole ass coup and got myself killed in the process and almost got another party member killed doing so. I feel really bad about that. I'm glad that Jake did not die, but <laughs> said that Ember did that. That one hurt quite a bit. But mm-hmm. moving up on the mentally stable list, we have Ember's replacement. Nori! Nori! She is the Bless my, her heart. Nori is Nori's inspiration. Well, Nori Nori's creation has a very complicated story. So how Nor, why Nori was created was that one we needed a healer in the party, and two at the time, mm-hmm. um, Nori was created as more of a control character for yeah. another player character that was in the group at the time. They're not in the group anymore. Um, she was made exclusively to you know kind of reign in that chaos a little bit. She. She's a very mothering presence, mm-hmm. and she was she was built out of necessity for what the party needed, mm-hmm. not for what I personally needed. Yeah, um, Logan gave me a little bit of freedom with like you know like her like being able to like have her be part mermaid and stuff because I knew because what I was gonna have to make I knew what the party needed. Yeah, because a lot of my characters in reality have been made out of necessity. My main characters anyway, like Nori, mm-hmm. Vitani, Rosella, they have all been made out of the necessity of what the party needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are, like, my longer-running characters. So, um, with Nori, she was made as this healer and stuff. And turns out, like, the guy that was in the group, like, mm-hmm. never even got to meet Nori because we had to kick him out due to other circumstances. Um, so now I'm left with a character that was made specifically to correct an issue that is no longer even an issue. So now mm-hmm. I'm left with a character that has... Ex- almost like no purpose in that regard mm. so i have to go through and like build out who she is even more yeah and now what i've been left with with maury Whew. is one of the most complicated and really most beautiful is. characters that i've ever you've created. done a great job with her she nori is nori fluctuates on the most mentally stable list frequently like she's, depending on the session <laughs> depending on the session honestly, Multiple, within the session yeah. she has been at the very very bottom of the pile before but also at the very top Right now, she's, this is her place right now on the list, mm-hmm. but she is um, a Triton, she is a Tempest Cleric, mm-hmm. um, she was a Warlock briefly, she's not anymore. Um, oh, that was a fun time. Oh yeah, for this campaign, we're doing a mashup of Ghost of Saltmarsh and Curse of Strahd, just to be very clear Wow, you, y'all have really just... We're, do, we're doing Curse of Strahd as a side quest. Yeah, that, that's, that, that always gets me. I'm like, it's a side quest? Yes, Curse of Strahd right Dear now is a side Lord. quest. We're not having a good time. Well, I mean, like no one has a good time in Barovia. <laughs> I mean, us as players having a great time. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So but much. the characters, no. <laughs> I just burned my mother alive recently. It was a great time. Good times. Oof. But my adopted mom. I think she would burn her birth mother alive. I mean, yeah. I mean, at this point. But regardless, so Nori 
She's a very complicated character. Honestly, I could talk about her and her origin mm-hmm. story for hours, and I don't think your listeners want to hear <laughs> that. Um, I can't. I don't. I don't know how long it lets us record. <laughs> fair enough. I mean, we can always stop. Well, yeah, we didn't keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, a two-parter. Yeah, two-part episode. Yeah, we we could stretch this out for as long as we wanted to. <laughs> but anyway, so we also have um, the top of the fucking pile of most mentally stable, Vitani. Uh, now queen. Uh no. She's oh. not queen anymore. Yes, yeah, she was. She was, and then we continued on that. Well, story. yeah, in the epilogue, yeah. But at one point, she was queen. She was queen. She point. she was queen for a bit. Yeah, and then she uh, was like, "Nah, I want to be a vampire, vampire pirate. pirate. <laughs> Retire as a vampire so, pirate." So, Natani was my tabaxi rogue. She she focused on um, swords, and um, she was an assassin. So. We learned real quick yeah. that I can kill pretty easily. She's great. In a group of spellcasters. Yeah. I was. I think I was like, the, there was a time when I was the only melee fighter in that group. Yeah. Because when Broby was gone. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, because, uh, no, when Broby was there, because Broby like, started getting more alchemy stuff. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And um, then we had uh, the monk paladin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I'm so sorry, Arson. Oakley. Oakley, thank you. Oakley Kai. I remember. I'm sorry. It's the morning. Well, not anymore, but it was morning. It was morning at one point. Yeah, yes. It was, mor- it was morning when we started this. <laughs> that seems about right. Yeah. Okay. But, um, so we have Vitani. Yeah. So Vitani is a tabaxi mm-hmm. um, rogue. Um, she looks like a Norwegian forest cat. Thank you to my friend Sarge for giving me that inspiration, mm-hmm. that idea. I loved it, and I went with it, and I ran with it, and she was amazing. Um, so... Her whole thing was she was um, a runaway princess, kind mm-hmm. of, because she was going to be forced into, like, a marriage with an extremely misogynistic, like, douchebag. Fuck him. Fuck Egon. Fuck Egon. Yeah. So, 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 um, so much of an asshole ego is in his name. But no. Ah, it's like you meant that on it's, purpose it's when like writing I your backstory. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we, we so, love it. And then her kingdom kind of got overthrown, and there was a, like, whole issue and her father was trying to force him to marriage, and so her mission was to get back, liberate her kingdom, and commit regicide. Woohoo! I did not get to commit regicide, unfortunately. He was already mm-hmm. dead when I got there. I was not. Womp womp. I was like, what the fuck? I just wanted to kill the king. Just wanted. But I did. You for get... weeks were like, I want to. I'm ready to commit regicide in patricide. Oh yeah. Um. But I did, and we ended up finding his body. And I think I stuck his head. I think Egon's head on pikes outside the castle. Yeah, you did in the epilogue. And, and the Gemini serpent. Yeah, because like, you got it, yep. Yep, I think, like, in the epilogue, I stuck. Um, and then she eventually did become queen mm-hmm. um, of her kingdom. And then as, like, through the years and stuff, so another party member, the other rogue in the party, like, Vitani's <laughs> best friend, Brilby, he's a uh, halfling? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brilby. Um, and he uh, had made a deal with Strahd and became a vampire. That was the weirdest time. I was like, what is this? Why is Strahd what is here? It? How did Strahd get, how did we get, how did we go uh, the, from this to Strahd? The session that Bailey introduced Strahd. Both of us lost our shit. <laughs> I ran upstairs in their apartment and hid because I was so traumatized from Both what Logan and were like, done. nope, nope, Strahd, nope, bye. From what Logan has done to me in Strahd. <laughs> Like, the idea of Strahd bleeding into another campaign, I literally was, like, shaking. I was like, like we're... I can't do this for two campaigns. I can't, I can't. No, because I, I was like, we're wrapping this campaign up. This campaign is almost over. What are you doing? Leaving <laughs> a door open for more chaos is what Bailey oh did. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. I love it, though. I really love it. But, um... Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, Ruby got a hold of an ambulance Strahd and became a vampire and was, like, there at, like, everyone's deaths, like, just to offer... 
And so no one else in the party took the offer. No. But Vitani took the offer. And Talon, right? I think Vitani made Talon take it. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like, She's like, I I'm you coming with me. Because Talon was Talon was Vitani's boyfriend, technically in a couple sessions played by my real life fiance. That was Shane. the sweetest. <laughs> but um yeah. But he was something that I had written prior, so it wasn't like his creation. Mm-hmm. So Bailey was still able to play Talon in other yeah. episodes. But yeah, Vitani decided, fuck this, I don't want to die. I want to be an immortal pirate queen giving vigilante shit on the Boom. oceans for the rest of, like, eternity. So she took the offer to become a vampire and then became a pirate queen with Brilby and Talon yep. and any others that uh, Brilby may have, you know, blessed with vampirism. Mm-hmm. And they now roam the oceans doing pirate vigilante shit. shit. I think what was inter- what's interesting about... So Vitani and Aduna, we—that was the campaign we were both in, the one with—and mm-hmm. without even like, we didn't reference each other when making our characters. We made these characters on our own. Yeah. But they were both princesses, heirs to their kingdom, and were the opposites of each other. Complete opposite. Which was a really interesting dynamic that we got to play out throughout the campaign. Yeah, because you had, because Aduna was more proper had. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney princess. Disney princess. And then we have Vitani, who had left it all behind. Mm-hmm. Had who, to. Who did not even take her crime with her and basically went undercover and was on was on a smuggler ship, mm-hmm. becoming an assassin for five years and had basically grown out of being a princess. And basically, she looked down on Aduna quite a bit, I think, for that. Oh, really? It, yeah, I can see. It. Either, I could tell. But at the of... same time, Aduna was, like, idolized her. She's no, don't. Well, I mean, not idolize her, but she looked up to Vitani because she saw this badass, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Oh, she's cool." I think like a lot of what it was is the cool older sister. Iduna was still learning how to rule, mm-hmm. and Vitani through leaving the kingdom and doing because if yeah. she left, they wouldn't have been able to. The misogynistic mm-hmm. asshole would not have can't take control without marrying the legitimate yep. heir. So she left to protect her people. Mm-hmm. So I think Vitani, when she did that. Like, that is when she knew yeah. and she truly became a ruler. Mm-hmm. It's because she, through all else, decided, I'm going to put my kingdom first, even if that means mm-hmm. I have to leave. And I think that's, like, she had already taken that journey into becoming a queen, mm-hmm. and Aduna was just beginning, beginning that journey. So they were at two different points in their stories, I guess. Yeah, and I, I'm just thinking, like, thinking back on it right now, I'm like, this was very much me and you. I feel like a lot of the conversations we had at Aduna and Vitani were, like, similar conversations we've had. Just Because, yeah. I mean, gosh, I mean, the amount of times, like, you helped, uh, Vitani helped Aduna mm-hmm. through the chaos that was happening in her life. Because I like to give my characters, shockingly, normal, happy upbringings and childhoods <laughs> and the trauma that occurs happens within the session itself and so sweet poor baby aduna everything was you know her entire world was flipped upside down and she was like now i now i have to save the world now i i have to protect my kingdom yeah she she grew a pair though by the end of it yeah you did i'm proud of you yeah i'm proud of her too my sweet my sweet baby aduna mm-hmm. i think about her in ashfield sometimes when i'm Alone by myself. I'm like, the sweeties. Uh, I'm keeping that thought right the in my sweeties, head. The sweeties. My sweet Aduna in Ashfield. The, my sweet couple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. proud of yeah. her. Mm-mm. I'm not going to say what I'm thinking right now. Oh, we my. are on, like, 
<laughs> so well, I will type it on the screen real quick. Just, 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 just okay. Beans is typing it on the screen, and I'll probably end. Bitch. <laughs> No, when I when I go into my maladaptive daydreaming as I fall asleep, thank you very much. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Enjoy me sipping tea of extremely strong Earl Grey tea oh. that's been steeping for like 30 minutes when it says on the little tag to steep for three. <laughs> and it's already extra bold. Extra like, bold like, like you. <laughs> so it would kind of touch on So, but... When it comes to making our characters, we've, we're starting to hit on that, is how much of ourselves do we put into our characters? I live vicariously through my characters, as we all have seen. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you've played a session with me, you yes. will know I live vicariously through my characters. Yes. Um, I think you should talk about the through lines you put in your characters. Oh, the through lines? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so something about, like... I. I don't know why I do it. It's, I guess, just a fun little thing for me is that th- I have some through lines for my all the characters I create, all the D&D characters I create. Like, all of their favorite flowers are roses. They play a part of their, um, who they are, their personality. Like, Aduna was one of the roses of Cressida. That was kind of like one of her things. And she loves roses. That's one mm-hmm. of her favorite. And Arabella's favorite flower is... A rose. Mm-hmm. So, and because because my favorite flower is a rose, so mm-hmm. that's one nugget of myself that I put in is like I'm gonna have my characters have the same. It 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 doesn't you know change anything. It's just more like character building and like a fully rounded and realized person. Mm-hmm. And then another through line that I have when creating my characters is that they all have jewel colored eyes. So Aduna's were amethyst purple, and Arabella's eyes are sapphire blue okay because and it's really cute because elwyn's her her the duke of clarence elwyn primbrook her her man's uh eyes are emerald green yes they're green i have to go back and edit something because i got those mixed up emerald green yes if you'll when you read my 32 page and counting fanfic that i wrote that is now canon about their like relationship because I for this character I wanted her to have like I gave already gave her like a significant other and between you and Logan I honestly think I have more reading than I will ever be able to get through in this campaign. I mean, I, I find I I enjoyed writing it and reading it. I did. I think I did a pretty good job with my fanfic about Arabella and Elwin's Elwin's relationship and how they got there because that's something also interesting about. Arabella is I am one of those people where I don't I I try you know keep things sunshiny everything's fine everything's happy so with Arabella I was trying to you know try and break out of that a little bit more so I was like okay so she uh, Arabella and Elwyn have been together for six years mm-hmm. but why haven't they married and one day, I like we were talking. To, we were on a Zoom, like a Zoom call or something, and we were just discussing something. Yeah. And I asked about it. I was like, "This is because it was just one of those character things." I was like, "I need to to have her fully realized. I needed to know why." So we came up with like the reason why, like it's been they've been in a relationship for six years and haven't you know gotten married yet, yeah. especially because they're nobles. She's twenty four. 
Maybe 26? Because it's... Time got real fucky. 24. There, that Currently time ha- 24 in this timeline. In your timeline, 24. In my but timeline. two years have passed two in years. your realm since last time. There was Arabella a- did not like that. Nope. She's not doing okay. She's not... She's... This is that outburst she had is but a smith like she's reining it in. That's her reining in the amount of emotional turmoil she is in right now. Let's just say I enjoy tormenting my players and causing them trauma to a point that might not be the most healthy, but it's, it's how I get joy. It's fun. I'm enjoying it. But anyway, so that that's just trying to think if there are any other through lines. Of my character. No, I think that's pretty much it. Just mm-hmm. the tool- jewel-colored eyes, and then... Men. Oh, men. Well, yes. I like to- Because I like to live vicariously through my characters, and I'm like, if this is a fantasy world, I'm gonna get some pretend romance, thank you very much. Because I earned it, I deserve it, mm-hmm. and, you know, why not? You know, when living in a fantasy realm. That's okay, Dottie would have fucked anything up. It's not- Yeah, exactly. It's not D&D unless you're flirting with your friends. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, in a <laughs> that's what D D is. Listen, I have I cannot make believe come... flirting with your make believe characters and your characters' friends. I got a, pre- a pregnant character in Curse of Strahd right now. Yeah, that Nori's pregnant. Womp womp. I have, Oops. I have zero like ability to speak on that. Exactly. So yeah, enjoy so listening to me sip tea. By the way, yeah, I've been sipping the tea. It's really good tea. Uh, tea. It's really nice. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the through lines that I have when creating my character. Just, you know, not for anything. That's for you. It's for me. Just to be, like, kind of, like, cool, like, haha, kind of, like, yeah. in my, in my Katie cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's something, like, to hold everything together, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Um, for me. What about you? Uh, how much? Well, I think that each character represents a... A lot of my characters represent a more heightened version of an aspect of my personality. Mm-hmm. Nori is the heightened version of the mom friend aspect of me. <laughs> Vitani is the best version of me, the one that, you know, is tough. Is she she's a heightened version of me that has seen shit. Mm-hmm. I and like I in life have seen some shit. I have been through some shit. But Vitani is that heightened version of me that is resilient. Oh yeah. Rosella sure. is I'm not saying anything about Rosella. Yeah, but don't uh... Ember is the heightened version of, you know, my athleticism, what I used to be. Your cannibalism? I'm not a cannibal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just write I'm just it on messing with you. and I put it in communal fridges. <laughs> yeah, I back in uh, undergrad, I used to write on sticky notes and put in communal fridges, if you eat this, remember, I am not above cannibalism. So people wouldn't steal my food. It did work. Anyway. Um, and then Dottie is a heightened version of the me that is an animal lover, also a fucking airhead. <laughs> so we have, like, these heightened versions of myself, like, different aspects of my personality in these characters, which I think is... I don't... Nori, I think, honestly, is probably the closest to me playing myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. One that's the one I play the most. Yeah. And I live with the most. But also... In terms of interaction, because she is incredibly impulsive, she is driven to this one goal to a detriment. Mm-hmm. Like she sold her soul to Strahd. She will do literally anything yeah. to get her son back. Oh yeah, to a point where 
it might destroy her and everyone around her. It was going to destroy her. Oh, yeah. She was going to... There's no if. She was going... There would be no more Nori. Yeah. Like, she... Yeah. She... And I am very similar in the point where I will get so consumed by something that it can take over my life mm-hmm. in that aspect. So, there, Nori is the, probably the closest version to me, with that, the one that I put the most into, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, I think another question I think we need to talk about is bits and pieces of myself that I hold out of characters. Uh-huh. I hold out of characters my, like, the... The bit of me that makes me me and not the characters, I think. Yeah. Which is like. So you can have that separation. A little I bit. I think of for some of my characters, it's my intellectual abilities. I hold out. Yeah. Specifically from Dottie, I was like, no, she does not get to have that. For <laughs> she Nori, does not have a brain cell. For Nori, I think it, it it's a sense of community I took out of Nori. Mm-hmm. Um, Vitani, I took out my humor. It's like mm-hmm. I, I withhold certain aspects of myself out of characters. To make them very, very different for myself because I, I feel as a person, I'm a fairly well-rounded person personality-wise. Yeah. Um, my characters are also, but they don't, if I withhold specific aspects, it makes them ex- very much different for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, with Vitani, withholding, you know, my sense of humor, we're now left with a very gritty character that yeah. finds joy in odd times and finds joy in not necessarily the most legal of ways yeah whereas i myself uh i do not break the laws yes yes i am a law you're a good noodle i am i am a good noodle and i deserve a gold star (laughs) yes yes you do and i think oh it's saying maximum okay for segments of 60 minutes so we can just like make a new segment when it runs out of time nice i like that all right anyway uh yeah that's well as i said i mean i don't i'm trying to think if, I mean, as I said, I live vicariously through my characters, mm-hmm. so it's hard to decipher things about myself that I leave out. Well, mm, I think with Arabella, you leave out a lot of your insecurity. Oh, yeah. There, there we go. I can read you for filth if you want. Do it! Okay. Read me, read me for filth, because I'm one of those, like, I, I'm, I can be very ditzy. Uh, yeah, so with everybody- I'm I'm brunette, but I'm a blonde in my soul. (laughs) You leave out a lot of your insecurities when it comes to uh, Arabella, but with- with- uh, I almost said Rosella- with Aduna, you insert those right in there. Which is interesting, because I didn't intend- it just happened with the circumstances. But with Aduna, I think you left out a lot of your wisdom, because she was- Emotional. She- Aduna had not had the similar life experiences that you had yeah. had, and she she was not as well-rounded of a person yet. This mm-hmm. was her rounding journey, and you left out quite a bit of, I think, what would have just had her well-rounded from the start. Yeah. The bits of you that are that. You left out your intellectual abilities. I love Aduna, but she yeah, was... Yeah, she was ditzy. She was a ditzy queen. It was fun. Oh, boy. She, I, cause she's, a, she's a princess. I was like, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to be... Not think too hard. Exactly. She did not think. She did nothing. She was she's an emotional creature. Uh, this, this is why I don't like playing spellcasters because once you have like ditzy characters, yeah, like I, I mean, she started off as a bard, but then she got paladin stuff because she got chummy with Saluni because Saluni helped her out in a moment of mm-hmm. 
which was a great D and D moment to me. And mm-hmm. one of my great like what D and D moments that just happened based off a role mm-hmm. was Saluni fixing the Sending Stone. Yeah, she was like, "All right, you help me reconnect and get the communication device back up and running that mm-hmm. connects me to the love of my life." And so I will follow you. And she became very. I think she can't. It was. The, like from that point on, it was almost as much as a spiritual journey for her as well. Yeah, she gained, she learned religion. <laughs> Saluni is the bomb. dot com. I'm just over here with two sharp sticks stabbing people. This is okay. This is well. I gave her. I gave a when Aduna found that bow. I was like, forget spells, because as a bard, there's only so much I could I could do in mm-hmm. battle. So I was like, okay. I like that she has a bow now so that she can actually, you know, actually, you know, be productive listen, in a combat listen, situation. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is, I'm going to, you know, side, side quest here for a second. Side quest! So, this is something about D&D. So, you have your melee characters and you have your spellcasters. Now, when doing combat, this is how it goes. I roll, I, I somehow end up going first. Stab, stab. Alright, I'm done. And then you get to the spellcasters. Yep. And they take like forever, thirty minutes to do a turn. See, that's what I love about Arabella. And then you get back to me, and it's like within two minutes, step, step, moving on. See, that's why I love Arabella because she's a ranger, so she just shoots arrows. That's all she does. And I'm like, I, I, I mean, I shoot an arrow. <laughs> I, I play melee fighters. Nori, Nori's the weird. Ex- Nori is a weird exception. She might, I do not like playing spellcasters. Thing. She is the cleric. Although I I play her like a melee fighter unless I actually have to cast a healing spell. Oh yeah. I I she is a melee fighter unless she absolutely has to use her magic. But that is actually for another reason, which I will not say in the podcast because <laughs> not everyone in the D D party knows about that shit. Woo. All right. Anyway. Nanny Hoozle. Um. So yeah, that's. Um, what do you love about your characters, and what do you not like about your characters? Oh, what I like about my characters. Um. I like, well, okay, I'm going to get both in at this. What I like about both Aduna and Arabella is that they are badasses in ball gowns. They can be more feminine. They can, you know, dress nicely. They can be a little prissy, Mm -hmm. but also can kick ass and take names. Yeah. And that's the whole thing about my interest in research. And also I get to find the strength in femininity through that. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they are both worlds. Yeah. They can be tough, but they can also, you know, they're not heartless. They have heart, and they can kick their someone's ass. Yeah. Which is really nice to, as, you know, a woman, to get to live that out. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about both of them. Mm-hmm. And also because I get to, you know, be a fancy noble lady. I get to be fancy. <laughs> like, I can't wait to, like, start describing some of the outfits that Arabella changes into. <laughs> like, she, if you look at my, I have Pinterest boards for Arabella. If you look at them, there's some bomb-ass gowns on there. Should you link your Pinterest in the uh, description of this so our, our <laughs> listeners can go look at your Pinterest board? Uh, maybe. We'll see. Depends on how much effort I, I put into the, adding links and stuff. I'm just saying you should, or at least your Spotify playlist. Oh, yeah. I could, oh, I could link my Spotify playlist. Oh, well, uh, and then what was the second half of the question? What would I change? Uh, no, what do oh. you not like? What do I not like? Um, hmm. 
Uh, for Aduna, I will say, I did not like... I tried to combat against it, but it soon just evolved into her... Um... Being so focused on Ashfield. Yes. In his safety. Yes. But I just, I, when I was in character, I couldn't get away from it. Mm -hmm. Because she loved him just that much. Yeah. And she, because she had found her other half when she wasn't expecting it. And seeing him in danger, seeing the one she loves in danger, like, in danger, she would do, would have done anything to get him back. Yeah. Because she loved him and missed him that much. Mm-hmm. So that's what I didn't really like. I I felt bad because I was like I really tried in the mo like in character not be like so gaga rash like it was a new thing for your character. It was. It was the relationships were a new thing for your character. So, but just from my outside perspective, I guess that was something I didn't like as much. I love their relationship. I love how it went and how they functioned. Mm -hmm. uh, but then Arabella, I I'm trying to. She's still new. I've. We've, I've played her for a while, yeah. and it's still new, mm -hmm. so I don't think I've quite found yet something that I don't like about her. Okay. Because I'm still, because I've still been finding that balance. Yeah. And making sure that, A, she's not making, me as a player try, is trying so hard not to make Aduna choices as Arabella. Yeah. Because they do come from similar backgrounds and have kind of... Not similar personalities, but you know, mm -hmm. uh, I, it's me. It's trying to rein in Katie as a player and just be the be Arabella. Yeah. What would Arabella do? Not what Katie would do. Not what Aduna would do. But what would Arabella do? Yeah. And that's what I found. I'm still, you know, solidifying and figuring out. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure things will come up soon. Oh, oh, I'm certain. I am certain. This is, it's, she hasn't even been around her cousin, she, it's only been like, what, like two hours since she met her cousin? And she's, yeah, no, this is gonna be a long, long turn. It's song, yes, song when you gotta go somewhere. So, yeah, she's gonna, Arabella's gonna be having a nice big drink when they get back to Calliope's cantina. We're not talking about Calliope's on this podcast. I'm just naming it. Never mind. I'm not. I wasn't going to go into further detail. I wasn't going to go into detail. Anyway, at least we're talking about it. it's going to be an X-rated podcast. <laughs> so, okay. So I posed the same question to you. Uh, with the, it's 54 minutes into this first segment. So you want to? Yeah. Well, uh, in this we'll segment, continue in part two. Yeah, with part two. Keep listening. Don't turn it off. We're just make recording uh, we're just doing a new segment so and when you record the podcast on this app you have to like you just it's like a time thing so don't don't go away don't go away listeners all right we're in a new segment on this app so Hi. that i can record keep recording although for you if you're listening it just seems like we didn't stop at all so let's just keep the good times rolling with um the a question that we, I just finished answering uh, is... Uh, what do you love about your character and what yes. do you not like? So, so you're, it is your turn to answer, yeah. Lady Beans. All right. So specific characters, um, we'll start with the obvious. What do I love about Dottie? I love her never-ending optimism. I love that she oh, is yeah. this bubbly bound of just beautiful energy. She really is beautiful. So what do I not like? Her lack of common sense. Oh In self-preservation. She has 
no, no self. No, no self preservation nope. whatsoever. And honestly, yeah, I I really hope one day that I get to use her again as a character. Yeah, really do. Aduna was having a great time with Dottie. She was like, finally, someone I can connect to. Oh, yeah. she. Uh, that, and then witnessing her death. <laughs> yeah, because Aduna was in the, in the, in the, in the jail with, well, I was, she wasn't in the cell, but she saw, she watched it happen and could do nothing. Oh, yeah, I forgot you watched me get There was literally nothing Aduna could do, and she was traumatized. I'm she so was having bad. a bad day. She was, this was not a good time for her. Uh, I love the fact that I was like, because I think Dottie had framed it like, I want to sit down. I'll just stay down here with, you know, our friend in prison and just, you know, watch him. And I was heavily looking, like, out of game. I looked at Katie and said, you do not want to stay down here for what I'm about to do. And, like, and Bailey kept asking me what I want to do. And I'm like, there's nothing she can do in this moment. Well, no, because, like, before, like, I was like, Dottie, you were like, I'll just stay down here with Dottie. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. And I was, like, looking at you going, no, leave, go. Because I knew what I was about to do with Sabrina because I, like, I had brought in Dottie as a temporary <laughs> character. Yeah, she was temporary So, character. like, I was, like, I was fully aware that there was a high chance that I was going to die doing this because I really, like, I just needed to bring back Batani. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I was trying to investigate and poke the bear of the big monster behind the wall. And I did not want to drag Katie into that. And she stayed and watched me get moided. Well, I mean, it was one of, it's, uh, in, in, I feel like in the moment, like, if this is, wasn't a game of D&D, if this was, like, real life happening, it would happen so fast that yeah. Aduna wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. It was a pe- longer period of time for us as characters describing and figuring out, but, like, yeah. In the mo- if it happened in real life, it happened so quickly, there was nothing she could do. Um, and me as a character was like, and me as the player was like, there's nothing I can do to save her without me <laughs> getting dragged in, too. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, back to the question. Yeah. Um, Rosella, I love her heart. I love her soul, where she is as the core, as a person. She is extremely caring. Mm-hmm. She is extremely powerful. What I don't like is the fact that I can't talk about anything else with womp, her because, womp. unfortunately, I don't want my players Because we're know. in the middle of it. Um, Ember, I love her ability to lead. I love her spirit mm. and how fun she is. Despite the fact that she is a cannibal, she's not violent. She actually is quite a kind and caring person, always thinking about the betterment of society. She only, like, eats what she kills in battle. Yeah. So, and honestly, that was just her. That was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why let good meat go to waste, you know? Nom nom. Um, but what I didn't like with her was she didn't have a sense of subtlety. Oh, yeah. And that's what ended up getting her killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, the sense of subtlety should have gone into when she, you know, tried to tame a bunch of sharks. She should have died then when she, but no, instead she, I actually rolled very well that animal handling and she made friends with like a bunch of sharks and road sharks in the middle of the ocean. Nice. She was a great, she had a great, be- that was a great beach episode. Um, <laughs> the Tawny. We love a beach episode. I love how tough she is. Oh yeah. I love that she Badass. can take anything and just roll with it. And what I don't like is how, how adored she can be sometimes. Yeah. I know that was tough she, for you. It that was as a like, player getting into her headspace, being me. Mm-hmm. Me is like this very excited and like personality playing this edgelord character who has who does have like she. Vitani has like chronic depression because of all that she mm-hmm. has like left everything she's ever loved behind. Everyone she has ever loved is like dead or dying, and all her whole world is falling around her. And playing this edgelord character 
really brought me down as a player sometimes. Oh, and, yeah. like, I, getting, it, getting in and out of her headspace was very toxic for me, which is why I did have to step yep. away from her and play Dottie for a little bit. Um, so, and then Nori is, again, probably the most complicated of any character I ever play. Mm-hmm. Um, I... What I love about Nori is her ability to put others before herself. Yeah, very selfless. She, what I don't like about her is that she will not listen to others Mm. when it comes to the best situation to do that or will do things behind the others' backs because she thinks that she knows best. Nori is a mother and she has been in that mothering and leadership position for a good chunk of time now so the idea and but reality is she is she does not know how old she is but mm-hmm. reality probably being she's one of probably one of if not the youngest member in the dnd party so the idea of others looking down on her as a child yeah and them telling her what to do doesn't has not translated well to her brain <laughs> and she is very defiant and because she doesn't feel like they some of the members of the party take her seriously she will do things without telling them <laughs> frequently she will do this Ooh, boy, or she, boy, boy. and it, yeah she does yeah and it can get her into trouble it can get a lot of people into trouble and yeah i don't like that she is so stubborn in that regard mm-hmm. that she feels the need that she can't ask for help and she'll just take everything on herself she needs she needs some therapy all our characters need therapy yeah but but then, yeah such as D. Yeah, again, I can't talk too much about what goes on. Because with Nori, it's not just her as a character. There is a whole actual... Like, there's at least four or five other characters I have made, Mm. like, as player characters along with Nori that are fully functional. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I can't talk about them, but they all add up to this one character. Gotcha, gotcha. She's a very, very interesting person. Nice. There's, like, you think you scratched the surface with her... And this is to the party, like, and my DM Logan, like, Logan knows everything. Yeah. Like, you think, like, you scratch the surface with her, because, like, as you pull back the layers, you see more and more like an like, of the trauma and, like, the love and, like, everything that she's been through. And right now, where we're at, you know, this is, like, where we're at in the story and what the party knows. That's, like, that's, like, you know, what you would normally expect out of a D&D character. Yeah. Or, like, you know, what the trauma they've been through and, like, mm-hmm. like, family and all that. There is so much, there is more than, like, I can even imagine with her underneath just that like we've only touched the surface layer of her backstory wow which is insane to the party members that might be listening to this but we've only ever touched we only have scratched the surface of who she actually is Mm -hmm. which i think is really fun that's exciting that's always exciting to dig deep and Mm -hmm. find new things and really explore all the options and Thingable bubbles. Yes, and I think this segues into our next question, the creation of the character in the backstory. Yeah. What, what about it? What about the creation? Nori's specifically, like, when I started making backstory and stuff, yes, I started with, like, you know, the basic. Yeah. But I think with Nori specifically, it grows over time. Hmm. You don't just create the backstory in one fell swoop. You add, add, on to, add it. to it as you go through the game, and you discover more, like, why do they like this? Why did they make that choice? Did something happen in the past? And you build out and you grow that story as you go. Yeah, that's what I found when I, in writing the Arabella and Elwyn prequel mm-hmm. thing, is flushing out in, it helped me, you know, because I'm writing as the character, so I'm like, it helps me figure out the character as well while writing. And this was, you know, after I've made the backstory, she has a backstory, but it's more flushing out 
mm-hmm. moments from that original backstory and mm-hmm. going into detail and having those the opportunity to have those scenes and moments. Yeah. So that you know memories. Yeah. It's it is to make it real. Yeah, it's finding those points in the game where you're like, okay, what can I add to this? Mm-hmm. Like there's like the big like question in Nori's mind is who is her biological father? Oh, now yes. granted, I know the answer to that. <laughs> Logan knows the answer to that. There's a party don't know, so I will not say. Good. But that wasn't added until much, much later. Oh, that wasn't yeah. even a question until mm-hmm. much, much later in the game. Um, and then when we had made that decision, like, hey, this would be really cool if we did this. And it was like, holy shit. And then also, like, with Nori's children and all of this, a lot of that stuff, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, like, was not added until much, much later. Mm-hmm. And that's what added and it filled out the character even more and more. Um, I'm probably going to stick to just Nori for backstory and character. Fair enough, yeah. They, they, the, the amount I've, of pages upon pages of Word documents. Yeah. Um, and then the other half of that question is, of the ones that are complete, is there anything you would go back and change and why? I think of the ones that are complete, like, Vitania really is the only one that, like, her story has fully ended. Mm-hmm. I think if I could go back and change one thing with Vitania, I would not have given her talent. Oh, yeah, because that was a lot of her downfall. Well, not downfall, but... No, I think me as a player, I think I just hurt. I don't think she needed a love interest. I Mm -hmm. honestly, like, that's something I do regret about the epilogue, is that I let her continue on a relationship. I feel like, Mm. thinking on it after, I feel like after everything that had happened with Vecna, I think, I really think what Vitani would have done is she would have left Talon. I don't think she would have gone back to him. But but it wasn't his fault that he got mind-controlled. No, I don't think it's that. I think it's that she has grown out of that. Uh, She's grown out of that relationship. That was, was like, that was, it was, it, was it started sh- as an Aduna Ashfield kind of relationship, and but. she's not the same person. She's not that the same person. She's not the same person. Because it had been five years. And I think she has grown out of that relationship to a, a point where it would not have been sensible for her to step back yeah. into that. Not to mention the fact that she was now stepping into a role as queen. I think that hmm. that relationship was almost a whole would, would have held her back so if i could have gotcha. go back and change one thing i would absolutely 100 change the fact that mm. she would not she would have left talon yeah 100%. but it helped in the campaign because it gave you something to fight for a loved one to fight for yeah it did it, give, ga- it gave you more of an emotional I, emotional connection to vecna to be like this is had, why she's going but she after. had that already with the kingdom oh that is true she with she, Egon talon and yeah talon was completely unnecessary yeah I but i love a good moments. happy ending she had that. She could have had that without him. She I know. did not need him there. I know. He was more of an accessory at that point. <laughs> not wrong, but yeah. This is true. Mm-hmm. So if I could go back and change one thing, I would have either left Talon at the end of the epilogue, or I would have taken him out of the backstory entirely. Mm-hmm. She did not need a love interest. She fair enough. Yeah, she's one of my. She was characters. one of those characters that didn't need it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, that's the shit I live for. You eat that shit. Up. I I'm eat it with going, a eh. spoon. I could take it or leave it. Nori, Nori needs one. Nori needs. Yeah, she needs an emotional support significant other. Nori has an emotional support NPC named Oceanus. Shout out to Logan for doing a great job with that. Shout out to Ashfield, Aduna's emotional, my emotion, emo, emotional support NPC for Aduna. Uh, we love our emotional. If I could cheers microphones with you, I would. Hey, teacups. Oh yeah. Cheers to our emotional support NPCs. Clink, clink. Hmm. All right, um, fun little quirks or things when making characters. Ooh. I kind of touched on that, but you can answer. <laughs> I When I start making characters, the first thing I do 
So my characters all derive from songs I've heard or listened to. Hmm. Specifically, the one most recently that I'm working on is just a random PC that I haven't played yet. So I'm oh, like in the middle of working on a character right now. Her name is Arca. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that and drawing you did. I'll listen to a song and I'll get the idea. And then I will do a drawing of a character. I'll like be like, hmm. And then I'll like choose race and stuff as I go in and do the drawing. Mm-hmm. And she ended up being a drow rogue. It was so cool. Possibly like a warlock. I don't know yet. We're, mm. I'm messing around with that a little bit. Um... So yeah, and I all but I always start in the same place. I start with music. Gotcha. I start with music, and I always start with a drawing mm. and sketches because the more I get the visual cues from mm-hmm. the character, I can see who they are. I, yeah. I'm a very visual person, and I need music and I need art, mm-hmm. and that is how I you know delve into who my characters are as people. Mm. So yeah, think, without that, it does not function. I think for me, I start with the name. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, name or, like, yeah, the name. Because I have, like, a note mm-hmm. on my phone of, I now have, I have a list of names that I like. I would like to go through that list. Yeah, it's really pretty. It's, it's, uh. Can we, like, go to that? Uh, I don't feel like, I don't, I'm scared to. It's just, it's a lot of, like, really pretty, like, n- names. Mm-hmm. And, like, I have, like, a column of first names and a column of last names. Okay. And so I like I like figuring out the name, and since I like them all to be noble, I'm like big. I always figure out the title. Okay. So, and then from there, I kind of I do start you know with the basics like eye color, hair color. Yeah. And then it just kind of grows. It's like okay, what do I want to do now? Mm-hmm. Thankfully, with Arabella, I had you know as daughter of Robin Hood, I had a bit more foundation to be like okay, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And then I, de- and I, I think I also develop relation the relationships that they have, because at least for Arabella, I wrote like one of the first things I wrote was about her, like she has Elwyn. That's mm-hmm. one of the things. Yeah. Like she like, and I like go through like who's then I go like who's in the family and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So I'm the exact opposite. Names are what comes last. Like interesting with. With Arca specifically, like, uh-huh. the names, because she has a twin brother, mm-hmm. and, like, kind of part of the backstory is um, her, their father named them after, like, what he thought the personalities they were supposed to take based on gender roles. Ooh. So Arca is named after the realm of order, Arcadia, uh... and her twin brother Pan is named after the realm of pandemonium, Ooh. when in reality they are exactly the exact Opposite. opposites. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, but names usually come last for me. Interesting. Like, Nori, her name came so far last. Catriel mm-hmm. came so far last. She's another PC I'm working on. I have like a bunch of PCs. I have like drawings and stuff that came much later. Um, Vitani, so much later. Wow. Like I like the name to me is like the least important thing. Mm-hmm. But I also like the, I want to build out their personality first and like Fair. see what name I think is going to best suit them once mm-hmm. I have the personality I want, not the other way around. Because mm-hmm. if I pick a name that I'm like what personality is going to go with this name. But if I build the personality out first, I have, like, the entire realm, mm-hmm. and I'm not glued to one name, and I could like, pick a name from, like, there's a bunch of names I can go with anything. Yeah, that's but nice. But for me, personality mm-hmm. and, like, who they are as a person comes much more interesting forefront of that for me. Never knew that. Mm-hmm. Learn something new every day. I have a process. It's not just complete and utter chaos. <laughs> Although, what was the freaking thing I was, like, thinking about the other night? I don't there know. There was a PC I was, like, and it was, like, a little granny. I wanted to play a little oh. granny. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was thinking about like a little gnome grandmother PC. Oh, I'm here for it. Okay. There's All right. This little gnome grandma PC barbarian. Yes. Whose weapon 
is a gingerbread axe. That is amazing. It's a reinforced steel titanium gingerbread axe, my friend. <laughs> and all she will do is go, mind your manner, sir. She, I don't have, I don't even have a name for her yet. That's fantastic. Whatever that becomes. I don't know when we're gonna see her. You might see her. That, I can't wait. You might wait. see her in a Timekeepers. I don't know. I look forward to it. I know you're probably it. gonna end up seeing Arca in Timekeepers. Oh, cool. I I use, uh, as a DM, I use my own campaign to test run PCs. I would like to play. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I also like trying to, part of my character creation is like, okay, what kind of dialect do I want to do oh, at yeah. the same time? Because yeah. I mentioned it in your, when you were doing the interviews for your thesis, yeah. I talked about how dialect and accents are so important to the characters mm -hmm. because, as I said in the interview, that all this is imaginary. We yeah. are playing in an imaginary world with imaginary people, but having an accent is what brings mm -hmm. it to light. It's it's that tangible thing mm -hmm. that you can control to make it different from myself. Because oh, okay. none of my D&D characters use the voice I'm speaking with right, right now. Same. Because I need that separation because I am very bad at keeping the fantasy and the reality separate mm -hmm. because scientifically proven that our brains don't see it as fantasy. If you're experiencing those emotions, you're experiencing those emotions. It like, is not fun. I can tell you that right Yeah. Now. As someone, and that's part of the thing I'm working on is establishing like a stepping out and stepping in routine for my characters yeah. so that I don't, because I hold on to the yeah. emotions of my characters. So you've, you've seen me yeah, when, seen, yeah. when, and times when Aduna has been the in island. tears, the island, the island. Adu yeah, Aduna was, when was crying, I was feeling those, that sorrow mm -hmm. as Katie and the blinds were blurring. Yeah. And I even, and I, I need to pump the brakes on that one a little bit, but yeah, sure. like, are you okay, Kate? Like, can you just take a moment? And then with Arabella, after last session, like, I'd forgotten to step out of it, and I had that adrenaline pumping in my system, mm -hmm. and I didn't step out of that. And so I went to bed, like, reborn, ready to go at, like, 2 in the morning. I was like, woo! And then I felt that fallout yeah. of, like, ooh, like, the follow, like, the at the end of the that day, because we got done with the session at like two something in the morning mm -hmm. so like at like five or six that evening i was like looking back on it as as katie and i was like "Ooh, was i a bit too harsh no. was i like no. me as katie will sometimes like i was like "Ooh, was that like a good character choice to make yes it was and it was like because because we play later at night my brain is usually it doesn't it's not used to functioning mm -hmm. like putting that much function. So I'll say and do things that I end up later regretting. But I mean, that's the nature with improv. I have had a conversation with the PC that you were uh, ripping into. Yeah. Since then, because we had to do some work outside the game for uh, upcoming session. Yeah. And I could say, they're fine. You're good. Okay. I just, I always feel bad. No, don't it, feel bad. Because when you threaten to smite another PC. It added so much depth to the game. It, it added, really did. It added a layer, which was good. You're fine. Don't even think about it. Oh, I, I haven't. It was just that, like, initial, like, once mm -hmm. the adrenaline stopped pumping, mm -hmm. like, later that day. And yeah. So, but but the good thing is, Arabella is, I'll talk about this now, is that 
she is one of those people that I, I, I'm as thinking, you know, about her and like how she reacts to the world and stuff. Mm -hmm. She is in, in writing my, the, my fanfic Mm -hmm. is that she's one of those people that will, you know, bite your head off. But a lot of times she, she isn't afraid to apologize at the same time for being like, Hey, I sorry about that. So she does, she does have that amount of emotional awareness to be like, Oh, I may have, you know, bit off. I like, sorry for biting off your head. Yeah. So she's one of those people that will, and I have a, a, like I have drafted in my notes. I like to sometimes if there's like a big emotional thing, drafting, like writing a monologue basically. Yeah. Or mini log. So that, cause I'm always, I always want to make sure like my character's words are purposeful. So she, I did later that same day. I, I, I drafted like a little, like an apology would be like, Hey, I, you know, bit your head off. So she does have that lined up. Don't apologize. Well, I know. I, 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 I decide in the moment if, mm-hmm. yeah, if she's going to apologize. But she does have, you know, like, you know, not apologize, but more of like a, like a piece to, you know. To which, to which character? The one she, to Cass. Because yeah. I bit her, because I, I bit know. his head off. I was, I was like, she bit I was, his head I was, off. I was doing malice or Cass? No, the one that she threatened to smite. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do have that prepared because okay. I do like to like if like there comes a beat in the story where because yeah. there's also things since we did that flash forward mm-hmm. I need to also have in place things back in the, my back pocket to make sure we hit those yeah notes the like yeah. you know keep in the relationships between the characters yeah well we also kept the stuff in the flash forward much more vague yes it so, is much more vague well but certain things have to happen well we're not gonna be acting out the flash no. forward we're going to be like i'm going i've set aside that chunk of time and saying all right this is what this is mm-hmm. when that happened we do not need to react it. if you guys would like to watch the video you can watch the video yeah it's just one of those things i want to make sure you know it makes not sense. you as an audience that's just mm-hmm. my players yeah i just you know to make things i really like writing out because it helps you know i'm an actor and i'm an actor i like having words to say because sometimes in the moment improv it you don't want to leave it up not i mean you don't not want to leave it up to improv but i want to make sure that the words she chooses and you know it's more of like a base yeah like so here's like i have this written Mm -hmm. and i can you know deviate from that yeah Yeah, i I need to in the moment i think because i i usually am like because words are important in rome yeah oh yeah that's true but here's the thing Right now, I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I the um, I'm currently there is one thing I think I'm re- being really specific about is because I have a D and D session tonight for the first time in almost a year. I can't Nori. wait to hear about it. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, but, when we're recording this tonight, not whenever you hear this. No, no, no. The, the session will have already happened, which is why I have so much freedom to talk about Nori right now because Woo! there's some things that are probably going to happen right when we start the session that because this, this will be coming out after the session so yeah. that people don't get spoilers. But. Um, I very much intend, I, I, I have a remove revivify from my spell list for tonight. I don't have the, I don't have the components. Oh, shit. Fuck. So there's no need for me to have it prepared. Yeah. And I actually have ascending prepared. Yeah, you're not gonna get, you're not gonna get diamonds in Barovia, but. There, no, there is a place we can get them. Oh, there them. is? Oh. Yeah. And, That's good. But Nori's also broke as fuck. Mm. Here's the thing. When Ember died, mm-hmm. she had all the money. And we haven't really gotten a lot since then. Oh, no. So Nori literally, literally has had, like, almost no opportunity to get money. Yeah. Like, Whoopsies. Like, and the opportunities that she had, like, she doesn't... Nori doesn't loot. Looking at you, Sarge, who loots everything. Loot the body. Nori does not loot. 
unlike the rest of the party. So I don't really, she doesn't really have a lot. Mm -hmm. So buying spell components is very hard. But anyway, so I very much intend on casting sending instead mm. to Thomas at the very beginning of the session. And I've been like, I've been planning this for you're gonna, almost a year. You're going to pull an image in? I am playing. And send a message to your to your son. Yeah, I've well, been playing this message for almost mind. a year. So well before Imogen ever did this. Yeah, I've been playing this for almost a year. Um, and what I'm planning on if he's on the same plane because I only have 25 words. He's not on the same plane. Oh yeah. It has a five percent chance of not working. Oh plane, yeah, I forgot about that. But it can work. Um, it's so it just might work. And listen, I rolled a 69 when to see. I'm <laughs> so that made when, my ear. when we made the roll to see if Nori was pregnant. <laughs> We rolled a sixty-nine. I mean, at that point, you can't you can't argue there with the dice. There was no way. There's no way you can't miss. No, nope. I saw that number. The dice foretold. I looked. I looked at Logan. I looked at the other guy on our um, chat with us, my friend Jake Sanchez. I love you, Jake. Um, and Logan. Logan wasn't going to tell me if Nori was pregnant, but I knew you have to. You rolled, was it, no it was a, you rolled a sixty nine. Sixty nine. That's oh. that's like unspoken law at that point. It was like, it's, we're lucky she's not pregnant with twins. Logan, do not do that to me. Do it. I dare you. <laughs> no. Although I do have a girl's name picked out. Aw. See. Yeah. I dare I, you. I I actually have two girls name because like canonically like in another because like we did a multi whole multiverse thing with mm. Olivia. So Nori. Olivia. Yeah, so there is a whole other set of, like, nor there's a whole other Nori, there's a whole other family, like, where Thomas mm -hmm. is, and where Finley, the current child she's pregnant with, and there is a third mm -hmm. child. I will not Woo. give that name, though. So, there is a third child. Yay. But I will not be giving that name. Fair. Gotta keep things a secret. Yeah, the fact that there was a third child was also a secret. Oh, boy. Oh, well. <laughs> LOL, what that's can you one, do? That's not one of the big ones. So. Yeah. Little, little and besides, teaser. that's a multiverse thing that might not yeah, exactly. ever come into play. What was the question I was supposed to be answering? I don't know. We this is, this is we were talking about changing and why, and then we just you know side quest. No, yeah. was this a side quest that we took? I don't remember. Uh, oh, we okay. Um, oh yeah, we were talking about fun little quirks or things when making characters. Oh yeah, no. Deep emotion. Having deep emotional attachment to characters. How do you kind of? We, all, we already answered that question. Yes, uh, as actors, you don't. You you don't. Or as actors, you know, we have a way of stepping in and out of. You you yeah. develop a way to step in and out of character to keep yourself mentally okay. Usually, what I that I have I'm still working on. I have mastered. That's nice. I, what I do is I have a specific playlist of music. I will listen to you before every session, and mm -hmm. I will get into Nori. I will get into Nori, and then immediately after the session, I take a deep breath, mm -hmm. and I kind of just, like, I usually, like, quite often after a session, I'll end up, like, talking to Logan for a little bit, mm -hmm. just because, you know, that's me. Yeah, and, to, like, di to digest. To, to digest, and we take a little bit of time after the session occasionally that's to, always to nice. digest, mm -hmm. especially, like, the more heavy sessions, like, when, Like, post-mortem. Like, yeah, when I burned uh, Ursia alive at LOL. one time, that one was a huge session that was very heavy. Um, the situation was Strahd. Um, yeah. Ugh. Alright, well, I really need to take a piss. So. Have we peed? We've peed. Yep, I've cool. used the bathroom now. I'm sorry, we had to take a quick break that I may or may not try and edit it out, but that's a lot of work to try and edit it. So, you yeah. know, we're human, we have to pee. It's so you're time. talking about music. Yeah, I was. Alright, stepping in. So we usually will do, like, a post-mortem or something, like, after yeah. sessions and stuff to try and, like, deal with those emotions um a lot of how i will deal with them is like i'll draw out those scenes stuff like that just trying to get mm. it out of my head and out of my body and onto something else um it's the safest way to for me to experience that and keeps me healthy mm -hmm. because if i specifically with more because there is so much 
heavy shit involves with her. If I lived with that mm. in my body, yeah, I would not be okay. It's unsustainable. Yeah, she she's It's like I already have enough going on in my life. I don't need to add on a whole other person. Yeah, she she's somebody that we have to be very I have to be very very careful with how I handle things. Yeah. Cuz it it was like with Vitani, like I had to step out of Vitani because mm-hmm. it was getting to me so much. And I don't want that to be the case with Nori. I do have a character in place should that ever need to happen. Yeah. Um, but I also don't want that to have to happen because I do love her with all of my being. Mm-hmm. She's my absolute sweet, sweet, sweet being. <laughs> um, yeah, but I highly suggest it for players who oh, yeah. you know, are in more heavy campaigns, mm-hmm. come up with something to help you step out of it. Step in and step yeah. out of the characters. Have a ritual mm-hmm. that like you're you're signaling to your brain that you are you are exiting the fantasy realm and going back to normal life. It is far more healthy than living with those emotions and thoughts in your yeah. body at all times. It is not healthy, it's it is not, not sustainable. And you might experience burnout from the character in that regard. Mm-hmm. It, this is something that I do to make sure yeah. I can keep playing her over and over again to like completion of the game. Mm-hmm. What I do to step into my characters is, and I did this like I made sure like for last session because it had been a while since been a while been a while since we had played. So I was like, I'm gonna take extra time to make sure I actually step into Arabella. So because it's been so long and I needed to make sure I got into character. So I listened. I, li- I usually, to get into character, listen to my character's playlist on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And then to step out, what I find I kind of like doing now is, like, pretending I'm wearing a mask and taking off the mask and putting it on an invisible shelf. Shout out to Janet Rogers. Yeah, I, like, I, I took that from Janet Rogers because it, it helped me when I was starting to worry, starting to get the worry that I was, you know, being too harsh. Mm-hmm. And I was just stopped myself. I was sitting on my couch. It was, like, 5 o'clock in the, in the evening, and I just... Took the mask off and I felt fine. And I was like, "Oh, shocking that <laughs> that it works." That, that that's why it's you know an incredible practice. Um, if you are a theater person, we Archetypes. I highly recommend looking at Janet Rogers' Archetypes. It is quite helpful so nice. and goes a lot with what we've been saying mm-hmm. about building characters and such. It is an excellent practice and an excellent way of looking at theater. Really awesome method. So, ten out of ten would recommend that. <sighs> so what what should we talk about next? Um, I very, very much would love to hear that list of names that oh, uh, yeah. got Walla. Oh, yeah. So, uh, at some point, when we, t- I mentioned that I have, like, I have a note on my phone of D&D character names that I like and mm-hmm. may want to use in the future. They're, if you know me, if you know me as How a the person. Fuck is that one pronounced? So, I'll go down the list. So, these are names that I like that I may want to use can for I, MP, I, uh, for PCs. Can I try and pronounce that one before you... You know exactly which one I'm talking about. Oh. Uh, that one. Can I try and pronounce that one before you Sure, say try it. All right. Iphigenia. Oh, my God. <laughs> Iphigenia is one of them. That is... Uh, so, the, so, I'll just go down the list. So, okay. we have... These are names that I like. I want. I would want to use for a character. Mm-hmm. Anastasia, Genevieve, Athena, Iphigenia... Amalia, Liliana, Helena, Eleonora, Odette, Clara, Viola, Rosalind, Marion, Ophelia, Adriana, mm-hmm. and Alicent. Those are the names that I would where if I am having to create a PC, I'm gonna go to that list. I see the Barbie and Shakespeare references. Yes, yes, we'd love some good and uh some Greek with Athena and yeah. Iphigenia. Yeah. 
Ugh. And yeah. ba- just ballet, too. Yeah. 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 Fun fact, Katie's actually, like, a ballerina. Like, did ballet. I did like, ballet. Way, like, could use point shoes. Yeah, I still have them. Uh, that is very impressive. I, I yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, as you can, if you know me, I am I, one of those people that just, I'm very, I am a hopeless romantic. I love, you know, being soft and just very feminine things. Mm-hmm. And so, when I, and and I also have a, piece what yeah i'm like this is tying into our next question how do you explore your own power through D&D? yeah yeah uh so i'll keep talking and then um mm-hmm. so my own power i guess is you know i mentioned this earlier i touched on this is finding the strength of femininity that's part of one of the re- one of my research interests because there's so many like you know quote-unquote soft or gentle characters mm-hmm. in you know popular works like pride and prejudice the whole nine yard that are you know just you know they're typically viewed as you know like chick flicks or like not it there's a it feels like it's not as worthy of study mm-hmm. when in fact it is like what about kindness and empathy makes it weak mm-hmm. why is it not as important mm-hmm. so that's kind of what one of my interests research interest is is finding the strength in those in more feminine characters in the you know the literary and popular culture canon mm-hmm. and so in doing so I, that's what i use my D characters for because you know they're they are very soft and feminine mm-hmm. but they can also you know shoot an arrow in between your eyes yeah there's a power behind that. there is a power behind that they can have it they can be powerful through their kindness and through their badassery mm-hmm. which is really which is really helpful for me as, you know, I am a human and I'm going, I'm living and going through my, my own character development as a human. Yeah. And I mean, there's, at the end of the day, when you think about it, you know, Maidens of the Flame, it's finding, you know, the strength, talking about strength and character is, but these D and D characters, because they are, and they're reflections of me, then it's at the end of the day, exactly finding the strength in ourselves and exploring that in situations like where we don't get to in real life, or that is hidden in real life. Mm-hmm. Which I, which was a very interesting thought, is finding it's like oh, these D and D characters over here that I have created, that I I live vicariously, that have so much of me in it. Oh wait, does that mean I also have that as well? Then that's been something I've been realizing, you know, you know, shower thoughts and when you're mm-hmm. So that that's been an interesting journey for me to discover. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think how I've been able to explore, like I'm a I can be a bit of a pushover sometimes and I think with Nori it's like I've been learning and exploring like how to stand up for myself. Because yeah. that's, like, a lot of what she has to do is mm-hmm. she has to advocate for herself. She yeah. has to stand up for herself. That's part of her journey as a person. Um, and a lot of my characters, I'm sure as you can tell by me, I am not the most feminine, Tee. like, stereotypical feminine of a person. Um, and a lot my characters do reflect that to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's finding femininity in places where you might not expect it. it. Like, with Vitani, there is... She she is a rough and tumble character, but at the end of the day, she is also a queen. Yeah. She, 
her, I think her feminine power for her comes through this way, the way she carries herself mm-hmm. through the air around her and how she talks to people because she can be, and we've seen it quite a bit with her. Like, yeah. When she interacts with, when on the rare occasion Bailey would put a child into the game, oh, the, yeah. Mitani would have a, would have a very yeah. positive interaction with the child. She would pick it up on her, like she would have these interactions with like people who were injured or sick, like mm-hmm. a much more softer approach than to people who she would expect to be on par with her and she expects more, I think. Mm-hmm. It, when she, when people she's with, she expects the same amount of effort from them as she puts in herself. Mm-hmm. She's a bitch. <laughs> but when she is at a place where she can let her guard down, she is very soft. And I think there yeah. is that power with that. When she There's power room when she chooses mm-hmm. to be soft. Yeah. And how she chooses to be. And that's like, me as a person, like me choosing the moments in myself when I want to have those softer moments and who I want to have them with. Yeah. Because I am not somebody that will easily let down my guard for that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. I am somebody who, you know, keeps my interior walls up just to to the outside world entirely. I mm. But to my close friends, you all know me. I'm a pushover and a psychotic little weirdo. And we love you. Yeah. But that, so I, for me, it's exploring when that is appropriate and when, and when it is most effective. Gotcha. Um, yeah. We do not need to do that next question. Fair enough. <laughs> next question was DMing and how is that going? Because I am the DM and I'm like, LOL. oh no, that's a long question. And uh, the answer to that, it, it's going somewhere. I could not tell you it's anything going. about that. Um, um, yeah. I think we can split this up and do the next the answer to the next question in another part uh which which one what are you looking at the story time section oh yeah we can save the story time for another podcast exactly another day another Another there's so many the world's our oyster the oyster (laughs) (laughs) any newsies fans listening if you know you know yeah well this has been a very nice chat i've really enjoyed having someone to talk to you and it's not just me in my room alone talking to myself thank you for coming over for a cup of tea and letting me talk about my dnd characters for oh yeah a very long time i mean it's our favorite thing to talk it's one of our favorite things to talk about we could spend hours and we have spent you know over an hour talking about this which is amazing yeah Uh, i mean i did write a 105 page paper about it. you did you wrote a whole last thesis on it you've made it your career it is my career exactly this is we're we're doing we're doing work we're Mm -hmm. expand we're improving our academic Academic Dungeons and Dragons and academic tabletop roleplay. That is my yeah. field of study. So we're 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 doing the things. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Um, be sure to follow the podcast. I have an Instagram account for it that I realized the past two episodes I haven't um told anyone, and so I'm like trying to get those numbers up. You know, follow it is very aesthetic. Yes, it is. Uh, if you you just uh search in Instagram maidens of the flame underscore pod, you'll find it. If you like this episode and any of the other episodes, please be sure to rate it five stars on whatever platform you view it on. And next time on Maidens of the Flame, join us again as Lady Beans and myself stay in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons, but we're discussing the badass ladies and player characters of Critical Role. I'm very excited. I am so pumped. And, you know, <laughs> if they ever hear this one day, hi, we love you so much. I'm a huge fan. I want to be your friend. So <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, Critical Role, which is um, 
a very popular, like the one of the most popular streaming D&D streaming D and D games that has become an, an entity. international it, sensation. It, yeah, and is really you know put D and D on and as a bigger part of popular culture. I would love as part of the next episode to talk about um, the correlation between Matt Mercer and the rise in gaming and how Critical has had such a massive impact on it, not just the ladies. Oh yeah, they're. This this is where I this is my field of study. This is what I do. Boom. So yeah, we're gonna be discussing the the characters, uh, the the la- the ladies of the campaigns of Vox Machina and the Mighty Nine and Bell's Hells if we get to it. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, join us for that. And with that being said, we'll call it a day. Right. Goodbye. Bye.